Theorem, the math podcast with no quiz at the end. I'm Evelyn Lamb. I am a freelance math and science writer in Salt Lake City, Utah, and this is your other host. Hi, I'm Kevin Knudsen, professor of mathematics at the University of Florida. How are you, Evelyn? I'm all right. It's been raining a little here, which is very good because we are in a perhaps somewhat historic drought and every bit of moisture we can get is fantastic. Probably not very close to your experience in Florida right it's now. It's been pretty dry, but yeah, it's it's not really an issue for us. I mean, you know, I mean, it's actually really lovely here right now, and, and I'm looking forward to kayaking some this week. Uh, and, oh, fun! And and my son graduates college in two weeks, and uh, yeah, all, all kinds of fun stuff on the horizon for us. So. Um, Anyway, let, let, let's talk yeah. math, though. That is exciting. Yeah. Yes. We are very happy today to have Erica Roldan joining us. So, yes, Erica, would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you very much for the invitation. I'm super happy to be here. And, well, I'm a, I'm a postdoc uh, right now. I, I finished my PhD thesis in 2000. Uh, 18th, and then I started jumping here and there from Mexico to the USA, <laughs> and now Europe. Um, I'm at uh, Munich, Technical University of Munich, and Ecole Polytechnique Federal de Lausanne in Switzerland. Um, it's my co host, and yeah, I, I have this uh, fellowship, the Mercury Fellowship, for 11 more months, and then jumping again. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's very exciting. And what is your field of research? Uh, well, it's uh, stochastic topology and topological and geometric data analysis is, um, I think, the, the main, the, most of the time, most of the brain time goes to that. <laughs> uh, but also there is uh, something that is related because it gives extremal uh, examples that are you can you will never see them typically when you are using uh, the kind of random processes. But the, these extremal examples allows to contrast with a random one and so random one. So I also do extremal topological uh, combinatorics a bit. Yep. Okay, and I also am familiar with some work that you've done in recreational mathematics, which I guess might have to do with this extremal combinatorics too. Um, and so if if I can self-promote and Erica promote a little bit, uh, a couple of the puzzles that Erica has worked on appeared in the um, mathematics-themed calendar that I put together a couple of years ago, which is still available for purchase through the... Um, bookstore of the American Mathematical Society and which does not is not specific to a year so you can still enjoy this calendar whatever year it is when you are listening to this episode um so anyway yeah you did a couple fun puzzles um I don't know if you want to talk about uh any of those I I am actually blanking right now on uh, there's one with like polyomino things, right? Yes, so there are two. Uh, one of them is actually uh, has a very, uh, like a very special uh, place in my heart because it was my first paper. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I wrote it for the gathering for Gardner, um, uh, the, this meeting that is every two years in Atlanta. It's a wonderful meeting. It's, it's, it's the first mathematical community, research community that I uh, got in contact with and and yeah in uh, I did uh, 
complete uh, analysis and characterization of uh, type of puzzles of colored cubes and you have to stack them in a you have to, to, to do a tower and have some interesting coloring properties and the most famous one is called instant insanity just to give you the name the name has like a a little bit of a, a clue of how um, how interesting it is is to to try to solve them by trial and error, um, mm -hmm. and yeah, I guess I, I did some computations and everything to characterize all possible different kind of puzzles like this, and yes, uh, that's that that's one of the of the entries of the calendar. This this wonderful calendar that thank you for sending it to me. I, I enjoyed it very much. Um, yes, and the, and the other one was about the maximally many holes with polyominoes. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and for sure, we're going to go back to polyominoes uh, because it's related with the story that I want to talk about today about uh, my favorite theorem. Yes, and, and you've provided the perfect segue now. What is your favorite theorem? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, uh, first of all, I want to say that um, I was I was thinking, uh, and I changed my mind different different times during the, the past two weeks, and <laughs> I decided sick. that I wanted to 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 talk today about my favorite theorem. Uh, choosing it in particular for my mother to be able to 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 follow the podcast. So today is tenth of May, and uh, yes, I because of the Corona crisis, I think um, a lot of people have not been able to travel, and I haven't seen my mother for more than almost a year and a half, mm -hmm. and this is a way of sending her uh, all my love and appreciation. So mm -hmm. my favorite theorem. Okay, so uh, one of the things that my mom used to do or use or do still very, very well is shuffling cards. So uh, at every time that we gather together in, with my grandma and in Mexico, this is very common that you gather with your family very often. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what you always want to be like in, in a huge crowd, uh, just eating and, and playing. And um, yeah, she, she, she's a very good uh, shuffler uh, of cards. And my favorite theorem is uh, a theorem by Percy Diaconis for today. It's, it's a theorem by Percy Diaconis, uh, where he, he proves, uh, and, and actually there is like a set of different papers that have different ways of modeling this shuffling, the, the usual shuffling that we know. Uh, and they prove how many shuffles you need to do to being sampling from a fairly uniform distribution from all possible uh, ways of having 52 cards of a deck in a certain mm -hmm. order. Mm -hmm. This is a very famous result. This is, uh, and, it, and it's a surprising number. You're going to tell us the number, right? Actually, it depends. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it depends on the distribution that we use, and and then this depends on the algorithm. And uh, but yes, it's a it's a very famous um, it's a it's a very famous uh, theorem, and it's very well appreciated by by math magicians. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> as Percy Diaconis is is one of uh, the. Right much well-known mathematicians here. Right. I have to say, I, mm -hmm. I, I'm not surprised this is your favorite theorem. So I've, I've been at various TDA conferences with you. And 
topologists like to play fast and loose with distributions, and you are always quizzing us about which distribution we're trying to use. <laughs> it's always, wait a minute, wait a minute, what's the distribution? Uh, so, okay. So for someone who has not thought about card shuffling a whole lot, what do you mean by different distributions? So let me withdraw the word distributions for the, <laughs> okay. first, for the first part. So, All right. um, so you, you, you want to play poker or any other game and you want to shuffle, uh, shuffle the cards in such a way that you feel comfortable betting $100. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, uh, so I, have, I have the deck of cards and um, let's say that I decide to shuffle like this. I take the, the uppermost card I take it and then I put it in one of the possible positions uh, that is not on top or could be top actually. And I choose where to put it uniformly random. That means I select one of the possible 51 spots, 52 spots, and I put it there back. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And let's say that I do this five times. Question. For both of you, will you bet $100 with me uh, in this poker game? Uh, no. It's pr probably <laughs> not. <laughs> that doesn't feel very well shuffled. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, and I think no one will do it. Like, um, not. It doesn't matter if you know or not probability. Like, uh, we have we have a sense of when things are shuffled, even if we mm -hmm. haven't heard the word, the word probability. And so uh, let me let me just just tell you that uh, for like actually for doing this a while, if I do this 10 minutes, you will start getting more and more comfortable, right? Mm -hmm. With yeah, at some point, you're going to say, Okay, let's play. That's enough after an hour, right? Um, <laughs> and and the the solution or, or the or roughly the number from starting from which you feel comfortable and theoretically can can be proven that is a kind of a right uh, stopping time is around 200 shuffles. Mm. So this is not a very efficient way to shuffle in, in case that wasn't already clear to everyone. <laughs> One card at a time not so good yes well in in a mexican uh family will be okay because everyone will be talking and everything like <laughs> no one will get desperate uh but perhaps if you are there just for playing it's not the right way to go uh, now uh, yes i in general i want to i want to say here uh the right uh rate um in general if you have n cards um you with with this shuffling you have to wait n log n time so n times log n okay. is the rate that uh with this kind of shuffle will give you uniform distribution um as a, as a convergence um, um and when you start feeling that yeah it is uniform uniformly uh sampled um now let's compare this to the actual way that my mom shuffles the cards. And this is commonly uh, commonly referred to as refill shuffle. Mm -hmm. So uh, you take uh, the deck of cards and then you kind of try to cut it in, in, into two, into two packs, uh, half perhaps. And then uh, what you do is you hold each one of the packets uh, with each one of your hands 
and then you make uh, i'm trying to 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 generate a mental image that everyone knows but and then and then you start uh with your hands like trying to put one after the other one mm -hmm. uh, alternating uh from the package from one hand and the other one and there are different things to do here to convince you that this is for sure a different way of shuffling than the first one mm -hmm. uh that's, that is one thing and the other thing is um so if I do it one time, perhaps you will not be very happy. But whenever we are playing with friends, usually is what five times, six times. Yeah. Depends on how many times I drop them. You know, when you when you when you do that, <laughs> you know, when you do it, you, you do it the down, and then you do that little flip where you where you reverse the cards to get that little sound. It took me for, I was an adult before I could finally ever do that. Uh, but then a few cards yeah. always go flying, right? <laughs> Yeah, and, and this is one of the things that I that I that I love seeing my mom doing it because I think she has some secrets that she doesn't tell us because she do it so well, mm -hmm. like amazingly well. <laughs> yeah. My mom was good at that too, actually. That's interesting. Okay. We we have these two different ways of shuffling, and we we kind of feel that uh, or we're comfortable with saying ripple shuffle shuffles faster than the other way. Mm -hmm. And um, so now I want to use um, to, to use this shuffling um, uh, shuffling perspective to go and shuffle other uh, mathematical structures. Um, and uh, because because what happens is that I ended up using um, this way of shuffling uh, objects or mathematical entities. Uh, in my research, and that was a very pleasant, um, very pleasant outcome of mm -hmm. uh, my PhD thesis. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you're saying that, like with these polyominoes with holes and stuff, there's some way to think about shuffling polyominoes, or do you shuffle entire configurations of them? Yes, exactly. Yes, it's uh, it's, it's it's super fun. So okay, let let me start with Tetris. Okay. okay. I think if we start with Tetris, everyone who is listening to us uh, will go directly to the picture, the, the image of what is a yeah. polyomino. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah, we didn't actually say what a poly polyomino is. So in Tetris, you know, that each picture is made up of four blocks, and so that that's a tetramino. So it's like a polyomino, I guess, is something that's made up of any number of these blocks. Right. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, um, and and I think my my favorite definition of a polyomino was the first mathematical definition uh, given by Solomon Gollum when he was a PhD student, and he was uh, uh, he he gave a talk and he said, "Well, a polyomino is a rookwise connected subset of squares of the infinite." Infinite uh, checkerboard. Hmm. Okay. Rookwise. And so you can imagine you select <laughs> a finite number of squares, and then you place a rook in any one of the squares, and you have to be able with only uh, rows and colored moves mm -hmm. to to go and visit any other square of the mm -hmm. structure. Nice. Um, so rookwise connected. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and and so um, 
yeah with tetris what happens is that um we let's let's now uh, come back to to the to the mind setting of sampling and when we're playing tetris uh there is some entity that is giving us one polyomino after another one mm -hmm. question uh i don't know if if people have thought about this but it's a fun thing to do i i did one morning and i was like ah, i don't know um yes so how is this done so how how does the game decide how to give you the next uh polyamine it's not just random yeah i yeah i guess i assumed it was there was a however many tetris pieces there are i, I actually can't think off the top of my head but six or seven maybe different Seven. Okay. Okay. Then just the one seventh chance of each one is that not the case? Well, you you soon will be able to play uh, the game that you're describing because I'm programming a version with uniform distribution mm -hmm. uh, just to make people really mad and upset uh, with me <laughs> by playing it. Okay. I, I can um, see actually now that I think about it, if if it were just random uniform, that would. That would be bad. You'd lose pretty quickly, right? I mean, I mean, the, 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 now that I think about it, often you'll get that long, the, the, the straight four in a row, right when you need it, right? Yes. <laughs> and and if it were uniform, you wouldn't necessarily expect that to happen. Uh, it could. You could have could. bad luck. Yeah. Mm. You could have uh, as long as you want bad luck. <laughs> right. Sure. That's right. That's right. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so the algorithm is very interesting. Uh, what they do is they take the seven, uh, the possible seven uh, polyominoes uh, with four squares that they that they give, and then they shuffle these seven in the way that uh, in a way that you have one over seven factorial uh, mm -hmm. each one of the possibilities of the mm -hmm. order has one over seven factorial that means is uniformly uh, distributed sample um, okay so what what can happen well the worst that you can wait for that i uh, shape mm -hmm. is that if you have at the beginning of uh, of a set of seven, and then in the next set of seven, you have it at the end. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's the worst that can happen uh, in terms of this wonderful piece that allows you to kill four uh, rows <laughs> in the row. Okay, so they're just choosing okay. a random shuffle. Oh, wow. All yes. right. Well, that is better. <laughs> it is for playing. <laughs> it is better for playing, right? Oh wow, that's yeah. Oh. And I guess I guess with like computer games like this, we yeah, as as you're saying earlier, Kevin, we don't actually want it completely random because we don't want to get, you know, five squares in a row or <laughs> something like this, which can definitely happen when you play it randomly, especially when you're me and my brother when we were like seven and nine years old always going in and playing for two hours to try to erase the other one's uh high scores <laughs> i i still remember so when i was in graduate school i had a nintendo game boy uh mm. my, my mother gave me one of these and i played tetris and i can still hear that song the, the the music that went along with it and i would go to sleep at night picturing these 
damn pieces just fall, <laughs> fall <laughs> and, like, and I can hear this song over and over and over in my head. Um, yes, that, that I think it's, it's a thing that happened when one is doing her PhD because I was always with my with my Nintendo playing <laughs> Patrice and procrastinating, uh, beautifully procrastinating. I have a question. How do you did like did you find how Tetris is programmed, or did you just do some like how did you figure out that this is how Tetris works? Well, um, so I started reading about it, but first of all, I started playing and I started noticing this pattern, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, this pattern of a way like because you never see. I, I think I think what what tells you immediately cannot be a random distribution, a uniform random period, is that you will never see three, three times the same, the same shape. Okay. Mm. You could see two in a row if it happened like right at the end and then the beginning, but you can't see three in a row. You can't see three in a row. So, and this is, this is one of the immediate, uh, immediate signs. So whenever you don't see three in a row mm -hmm. and you have a decently small set, and we're going yeah. to, we're going we're going to go back on on the size of the set because it plays a role mm -hmm. so it plays a role the distribution that you have in the set and it plays a role um also the size of the set mm -hmm. and and so in this case because it's such a small set not seeing three in a row mm -hmm. is like uh -uh, something fishy is happening here <laughs> right. this cannot be the uniform distribution period yes right. okay yeah, so, um, and, and this is with four squares. And uh, now imagine that uh, we three get a very nice contract by a company that tell us, hey, I want you to build a very nice Tetris, and, um, but it has, to, it has to be for any number of tiles. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And then we start discussing, okay, so let's see one of the, one of the things that we need to do is to extend or just to apply perhaps this algorithm uh, and but it has to work for any n any number mm -hmm. of, of squares let's say 57 mm. 57 squares right so first step go and find all polyforms with mm -hmm. 57 squares it's a lot yeah <laughs> that's a lot right. yes and i i kind of uh yeah i kind of uh, in purpose choose 57 because 57 is the first amount of squares that we as humans don't know how many polyominoes there are with mm. 57 squares it's just too too many for for us to have sorted them out somehow it's too many for the patience that people and computers uh, and computer time have like i 56 i think was uh, two years <laughs> wow yeah so there's some algorithm but it it, it is not it hasn't stopped super yet. efficient right yeah okay Right. Yeah, it's a little bit worse because even even if we wanted to say, okay, let's cut at 56 because we know how many there are or up to 56 and we deliver the game like this, right? Uh, so the problem is that uh, this algorithm can count them, but this algorithm cannot really store the pieces or actually look at them, which is something that is possible to do. 
Mm. Uh, this is one of the magics of uh, mathematics and computer science that we can say something about something that we cannot see. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and then we know up to 28 tiles. Uh, Tomas Oliveira de Silva in, in 2015 uh, was able to look at them. Mm -hmm. And for example, say the symmetries that they have, because it's unknown really how, how, how many of them are going to have which kind of symmetries and so on and so forth. All the, all the geometric and topological properties that you can mm -hmm. have uh, with polyominoes. And um, yeah, so I guess we have to talk to the manager and say the manager, we have a problem here. I don't mm -hmm. think we can create a Tetris for any amount of tiles. Yeah. Plus, I mean, it would be, I, I bet a lot of these tiles as they get more pieces in them have holes in the middle that you can just never plug because you can you can have rookwise moves that will sort of surround this hole and which i am thinking of because of your puzzle from the calendar um and yeah so so i guess at, i do you happen to know like at what size tetris stops being fun um <laughs> Hey. <laughs> there, there is there is the answer well with, with with eight perhaps not yet because almost all of them will not have holes right mm -hmm. yeah but you're still going to get that one with a hole every once in a while and then you're done well not done yeah. but it's it's going to cause super difficult yes. yeah yes and and that is a very very good observation because actually one of the things that um, that is, is is a mathematical truth is that most polyominoes have holes. Sure. Okay. Meaning, with probability one, mm -hmm. as n goes to infinity, if you take a, a polyomino at random, it will have uh, most likely a linear amount of holes. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> with respect to the number of tiles. Okay. And and this is this is this is one of the one of the topics that I started studying in my PhD uh, is how does the number of holes uh, grows with respect to the number of tiles? And uh, because we 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 so we're asking a question upon a set that we don't know how many there are, or, and we don't know how to actually look at all of them. Right? Yeah. So the only way that we can say something is, for example, if to, to have actual numbers is sample. Mm -hmm. Sample and tell me. Sample them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But we have another problem here. <laughs> how do <laughs> you sample, sample from a right. set that you don't know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That doesn't seem easy. Yeah. And that is huge. That is among us, among us, because it's 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 the number of uh, polyforms is growing exponentially fast with respect to the number of tiles. Right. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, even even, you know, if you're up to like ten, the, the the number is probably so large that you can't construct a reasonable game out of it, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, so Tetris is. So I have this uh, game with blocks called Catamino, where the, they're they're pentominoes, right? Um, mm -hmm. And that's fun and challenging enough. Um, yeah. Okay. So now I understand why you're interested in stochastic topology. This feels very 
Uh, if you're looking for holes in these things, you know, you've, you've set up some rules, and now the question is, when do the betting numbers change and, and things like that? Yes, yes, and now that you mentioned um, uh, polyominoes, I, I I also like like putting here and there one puzzle so that people uh -huh. can perhaps even build it in their in their homes or something. So um, when 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 Matthew Kale was in Mexico visiting for uh, my my candidacy exam, mm -hmm. um, uh, we exchanged puzzles, and one of the puzzles that we exchanged is you take uh, an eight by eight, a chessboard, a mm -hmm. usual eight by eight chessboard, and then, um, and then you have, and then you break it in the head of, no. And then <laughs> there is, no, the, the, the story in Dudane book, it goes like this, that, that there were uh, like two, two royal uh, persons playing chessboard, one, lo one loses, and then breaks the chessboard in the head of the other one. Mm -hmm. And then you get pieces, mm -hmm. and these pieces are uh, the the twelve pieces that you were referring, Kevin, the mm -hmm. pentominoes, mm -hmm. plus the two by two. Mm, okay. Uh, the, the two by two square, mm -hmm. and then one uh, the one of my favorite puzzles, and now uh, uh, it, so because Matt did this uh, build this puzzle with bamboo. Mm, okay. uh, with, with a very, very thin bamboo mm -hmm. material, and he gave it to me as an exchange of the puzzles that we mm -hmm. had. We actually had a, a, a night of, of puzzles and games uh, oh, back there. That's yeah. fun. A lot, of, a lot of polyominoes in my mathematical life. Yeah. Yes. Very cool. Um, yeah. So another thing we like to do on this podcast is uh, ask our mathematicians to pair their theorem or example or, or their mathematics with something else. Um, and so what, what would, would you, you like, like to pair with this theorem about shuffles and and maybe even with the applications to all of these polyomino puzzles? Ah, I, I will say that is um, a drawing and 3D modeling. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so yes, um, one of the things that I like is run these, run some um, uh, of these algorithms for generating polycubes in 3D mm -hmm. and different algorithms. And then, and then you get these 3D crazy structures and I like doing the modeling. So I guess it's a, it's a way of, um, I, I think it's, it's random art. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sure, sure. And what programs do you use to, uh, like, actually draw those? Oh well, uh, here and and this is one of the things that I I have been really into it, is um, there is a, a program called Maya. Maya as Maya, uh, uh, M A Y A, mm -hmm. and is 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 for doing three uh, D modeling and rendering. Uh, but it can be combined with Python. Okay. Okay. So you can do some other math with it and then put it into Maya. Yes. And, and so, uh, I was, I was, I, I found someone to give me some classes on Maya and then, and then this person was always like, but how do you manage to do 1000 cubes and, and decide where to put them? And. Like, mm -hmm. no, like I just click in play and I have an algorithm that decides to go to all, all the way to 1000. So mm -hmm. 
I guess it, it was a, a very interesting combination knowing uh, the kind of fast track things that we do as, as, as mathematicians and then mixing that with art. Um, I like a digital art. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Nice. Very cool. So, so we also like to give our guests a chance to, to, to plug anything or, or where can we find you on the internet or... Uh, or, or anything else you want to tell us and let people yeah, know if, all if people about want you. to yeah if people want to play anything that you uh made or where they can find um this uh frustrating tetris game that you'll be coding once you make it <laughs> yes uh that is going to be able uh, uh going to be available very soon mm -hmm. uh but also uh, because I, i've been developing this uh these apps uh with a computer science collaborator and um, one of the um, one of the apps that I have and that I will provide a link uh, for people to play is uh, for finding polyforms uh, formed by squares and mm -hmm. triangles. So you can also play this in the infinite triangle tessellation of the plane, or you can play this with any uh, tessellation. Uh, mm -hmm. You could play it even in hyperbolic uh, spaces. You could play it <laughs> even in higher dimensional spaces, and right. But no, I the app that I'm gonna share is uh, stays with the square and the, and the triangular grid. Uh, so you will be able to find uh, polyforms with maximally many holes, and it will tell you if you are actually reaching the maximum number of holes that you can for that amount of tiles. Mm, so it, okay. it has that uh, property. And uh, I guess another uh, another random way uh, that I have for, um, for producing these uh, random polyforms is like a cell growth model. And, mm. um, and what you do is you start with a cell and then you add uniformly random one of the cells that are neighboring. So you can imagine this is a cell colony growing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, there is, uh, is, is a huge area of research called first passage percolation that has been analyzing uh, these kind of models. Um, but um, what I do is I study the topology of this uh, other way of uh, randomly uh, generating polyforms. And I have an app uh, that I will also uh, provide here so that people can think about it and perhaps come up with some conjectures that um, later they can see in one of my papers uh, with uh, Benjamin Hart and Pedro Meni. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. That's fun. Great. Yeah, so you'll get homework after this episode, but it's not a quiz, so it's still okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Right. Yes. Uh, all right. Well, this has been yeah. a lot of fun, Erica. I, um, I I always like thinking about these sorts of questions, even though I'm no good at them. I always like to I always like to to to, to talk to people who are good at counting and and these kinds of things. So, uh, it's it's been it's been great fun talking to you. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much for the invitation. And um, yes, looking forward for seeing you in the USA uh, soon. Yep. Yes. Okay. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to My Favorite Theorem, hosted by Kevin Knudsen and Evelyn Lee. The music you're hearing is a piece called Fractalia, a percussion quartet performed by four high school students from Gainesville, Florida. They are Blake Crawford, Gus Knudsen, Del Mitchell, and Bao Chan Wen. 
You can find more information about the mathematicians and theorems featured in this podcast, along with other delightful mathematical treats, at Kevin's website, kpknudson.com, and Evelyn's blog, Roots of Unity, on the Scientific American Blog Network. We love to hear from our listeners, so please drop us a line at myfavoritetheorem at gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Kevin's handle on Twitter is at Nivik that's Kevin spelled backwards followed by Knudsen spelled backwards, and Evelyn's is at Evelyn J. Lamb. The show itself also has a Twitter feed. The handle is M-Y-F-A-V-E-T-H-M, that's at my favorite theorem. Join us next time to learn another fascinating piece of mathematics.